0: It's time for OWC Radio, Tech Talk with Creatives, conversations with host Serena Catania.
1: This is Serena Catania with OWC Radio. I'm in Las Vegas at CES, which is one of the largest conventions every year, sponsored by Consumer Technology Association. And there's no way that I would go to CES and not at least visit the OWC booth, the renaissance. So I got a chance to pull the owner of the company, Larry O'Connor, aside and ask him what's under the hood of all these wonderful things I see here. Sure. Well, I mean,
0: in a nutshell, it's all fast. It's all purposeful and it all works really good. And it'll make your Mac, your PC, make your workflow, everything smooth and efficient. Across the board, I mean, if I had to pick... I have to just pick a couple items that are you know, super important uh, you know, that we've got here at the show today. The, the new Excelsior Forum 2 for the Mac Pro 2019, as well as the memory upgrades for the 2019, you know, huge game changers, in my opinion, for that product. I mean, the Apple Mac Pro is really taken off strong based on uh, customer interest and just you know just the amount of sheer volume of the product that we're shipping for. But the Forum 2 costs you know, substantially less than the Apple Factory Flash. It gives you the opportunity to transfer it between machines, so if you need to move it to another system, it's not soldered inside, or it's not those two blades that really don't work anyplace else. And it's also twice as fast, over twice as fast as the factory SSD. So exceptional high performance, you can put multiple cards inside, software monitors, and is actually the only application that enables trim on external and and PCI-connected SSDs which is really important at high speed, otherwise you get inconsistent data rates and other little problems and glitches that you just don't want in a, a Pro machine. But the Forum 2 delivers it all. High, high performance and all that, and, and, and the magic of software, a Trim and, and data management, data monitoring, drive monitoring, that doesn't come honestly doesn't come together any place else.
1: We were talking about Trim four or five years ago, remember? Mm-hmm. Can you tell people who might not know why that's important?
0: Trim, I mean, I consider Trim a crutch. I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, it uses the processor, it uses the, the software side to help manage, uh, for lack of a better term, garbage management, block allocation, what's free and what's not free on a drive and, and clears the drive in terms of, doesn't clear the drive so much, but make sure that the OS and the, the OS knows what's available and where effectively, logically, it should be able to write to. And going back in time, actually even with SATA drives, it truthfully really isn't all that important with modern processors and certainly the processors we always use. Apple historically has not supported trim on third-party anything. And as a result of that, and in fact, in the beginning, Apple's first systems with SSDs, Apple didn't even have trim support on them. You know, our very first drives for the Mac, you know, were built specifically to not require trim for their data management to maintain it. This created a situation where if you bought a drive that didn't have trim, three months, six months down the road, sometimes a lot less time, it'd be slower than a hard drive. When you build drives that don't depend upon trim you know, for their operation, well, our drives never slow down. And we still don't need trim on our two and a half inch. And technically we don't need trim on our MVMEs either, but when you get to the really, really high speeds, you know, at that point, you just don't have the horsepower on an SSD processor when you're doing, you know, 1500, 2000 megabytes a second on a blade on the right side to keep up with the, the data management requirements. The drive will do it without trim, but it's an, it, these peas in in real world where you're pounding that drive nonstop without break, you know, without uh, how do I say a, a a pause so to speak, you, know, you want trim to keep that drive, you know, you want that well I'd better turn that crutch.
1: Talk to me about the Thunder Bay Eight. You have two versions of it. Sure. That looks really exciting.
0: And I want to talk about another Thunderbolt 3 product, too. Okay. So, But we'll go right up to the Thunderbolt, the Thunder Bay 8. The Thunder Bay 8 uh, is replacing the 6. The 6 is going to go away. So we'll have 4-bay solutions, and then we'll go straight up to an 8-bay. The 8-bay uh, gives conser- considerably more performance than our 6-bay. It'll go up to about 2,000 megs a second with uh, SSDs. It hits uh, comfortably uh, 1,500, 1,600 megabytes a second with the right hard drives, You know, up to 128 terabytes of storage. All in a nice, simple Thunder, Thunderbolt 3, you know, plug-and-play solution that well, can get works on any Mac or PC. And now with SoftRAID, SoftRAID is you know, ships for uh, the Mac as it has for about two decades, and now SoftRAID for PC is shipping. So you can take that Thunderbolt 8, take any of our Thunderbays for that matter with SoftRAID, plug them into the PC, and have instant access to the data. Go back and forth between Mac and PC. Start on the PC, move to a Mac, start on the Mac, move to a PC, which. You know, we're certainly a Mac company, but we're also a PC company. And we know a lot of folks you know, work in mixed environments where some of the work is done on PC, some is done on Mac. And this makes sure that you've got that data bridged to wherever, whenever, whatever platform you need it on. So that's huge. And then the flex eight, you know, that's gonna revolutionize you know, DIT in general and the whole production, post-production process in terms of you know where that fits into the into the program. Now you've got a solution with Eight bays, which can support up to eight, uh, up to eight SAS, SATA, or actually eight bays that support SAS or SATA drives, and then four of those bays, which also can support U2 drives, the U2 NVMe SSDs. Actually, they also support technically a three and a half inch. Uh, they support any at this point any of the major drive formats. You know, it's completely uh, interchangeable. Completely, I say it's it's. You don't need to configure I me. Mean, the bays are ready out of the box. And you know, pairing that up with something like your Helios 3S with our U2 interchange system, we've got something now in the field. These folks are using U2s, and they can use U2s through our 3S. You know, nice cartridge-based, rugged, you know, safe place to put your data inside an SSD that's also high-speed because you don't want to be walking around with little you know, NVMe sticks. That's, well, that, that, you just don't. please don't.
1: Explain to people who don't know what NVMe is, if you don't mind. Sure, there's really three. I mean, I guess you could say
0: four. Okay, I'll hit them all.
1: You know me, I like to geek out a little bit.
0: Totally. <laughs> You've got standard SATA SSDs, which connect with anything with the standard SATA port. You've got SAS SSDs, which, you know, typically found in enterprise. You know, some of the Macs have, you know, SAS port. So, a, a more a little more rugged, like, a little more, how do I say, more command sets. You know, higher speed prevents you up to double the speed of uh, SAS. I'm sorry, SATA with SAS. Then you get in the PCIe. And the first PCIe uh, SSDs, were ACI, and had an interchange in between them, and the PCIe bus basically a switch. Don't get this is actually not, almost not even necessary detail. But then they hit the really high speeds because now you had bottlenecks and you really weren't native. You're on a PCIe bus, but you were switched. You had this interfacing between the drive and the uh, in the system. NVMe effectively uh, takes down a lot of the complexity of interface between the computer. And the actual flash and is the fastest way. It's a, it's a PCI Direct effectively interface between that NAND and that NAND controller and your computer. And NVMe drives a SATA drive. You know those typically top out in the 500 megabyte per second range. NVMe this the sky is to some degree the limit. It's limited to the uh, to PCI bus speed. But today you get you know 500 megas an SSD and SATA 6G. NVMe, you know, you're 3,000 to 4,000 megabytes per second per plate. Now, none of the blades out there sustain that across end to end, but you know, again, going back to like the Excel you put four of those blades together with management, and end to end, you do get 6,500 megabytes a second sustained data rate across four of those drives. So, higher speed, PCI direct, you know, none of the overheads of whether it's a SAT interface or AHCI, you know, very efficient interface from the, from the, uh, the NAND straight into the, uh, the processor bus.
1: So talk to me a little bit more about the Helios.
0: Getting back to the Helios and you too, you know, obviously blades are, you know, a little fragile. In fact, I mean, mm-hmm. just handling, we've, we've gone through, uh, you know, a lot of redesign ourselves over, over the years because people look at a blade, they're for memory chips, memory modules, you know, DIMMs and whatnot. And so DIMS and they treat their SSDs the same way. Well, it's just, I mean, memory can take abuse. They're you know you, SSDs are a lot more sensitive to handling than a memory module.
1: Yeah, and when they go, they go.
0: When they go, they go, and you know just touching it, move it around, you know a little bit of flex. So you know, memory module is pretty tolerant of that stuff. I mean, it, you're probably not going to lose a memory module unless you knock a resistor off or crack a cap on it. But an SSD, you can because the the connections they, there's there's far more connections under each of those chips. It doesn't take a lot of handling to cause you know, something a little crack in the uh, in one of those ball joints. And then things mm-hmm. heat up, cool down, and that's when bad things happen. But you know, we've done a lot to, in general, just for our consumer products, make sure that the handling of the product's not going to break the product. So we we do re- we do really ask that people, in general, take care with any elect- any electronics product. I mean, we went to a store, we went to people who are supposed to know about this stuff, and they're looking at the drive, and they had one of the guys yeah oh, yeah this rig really, starts flexing it around it's like. You probably just broke that drive. I mean, you, you can't do a half-inch flex.
1: Oh, no kidding. To a,
0: to a board like, the board will flex like that, but the stuff doesn't that that's how you crack things.
1: I'm not even going to ask you who was doing that. That was pretty dumb.
0: <laughs> it, but it's happened. I mean, you memory modules tend to be a little thicker because of the uh see you have the connections in the bottom. but people are unfortunately just used to treating things apparently poorly. they you know it's not like the 80s, where if you did that in the 80s, you did destroy it you know, people over the course of more and more people, the upgrades, we got the SIMs and dims. I'm getting way off tangent, but...
1: No, I love this stuff. You know me. I like talking about this.
0: Cool, cool. <laughs> but it does, and it does all kind of roll into the U2. U2 gives yeah. you a modular, you know, and we we even give you additional protection so that you're using our interchange system and not the uh, context on the U.2 module. Because U2 goes, is also, first and foremost, designed to go into uh, rack servers effectively, and you know, not really a swappable solution. But it's a perfect medium compared to carrying an MVS. It is rugged, you're not going to, it's not like you're going to, you, you know, everything's protected inside. You know, it's not something like an NVMe blade that, you know, you're at risk of, you know, oh, us yeah, pull that out and let's transport that somewhere. It is yeah. very transportable. And in our uh, U2 interchange system, you know, now we're in a carrier that gives it further protection, certainly aware on the connector side. And out in the field, here you are with our Helios 3S and, you know, using this to capture data. You can throw this into a FedEx, uh, almost practically into a FedEx envelope. Certainly something with you know, pretty minimal packaging that I send into your production team. And now you slide that into our Flex 8, and boom, you've you've got that data. And then the Flex 8 makes it the you know between management software and just the storage is available, makes it very easy at that point to get it into a platform where you can duplicate it, have your backups, have all your copies made, and do real high speed editing all at the same time. The FlexAid, in addition to having all those bays, is very customizable. It has PCI slots inside. You can do software raid. You can do, if you insist, you can do harbor raid. And it also, at other uh, peripheral uh, expansion inside the chassis. In addition to the ports it has, so that you can still do high speed media, it has uh, PCI Express uh, media CFX, CF Express um, yeah, media insert. So all the high-end stuff you need to do, this chassis has. And that's, I mean, I, it's kind of a, you know, a cliffhanger point, but it, it really does. It's, it's built for, you can be a very high-end enthusiast at home that wants it all, wants to play with everything, or truly a professional you know, that needs to be able to take everything that, somebody wants, that somebody's going to throw at them and it's ready to accept.
1: I think the demands on content providers are increasing exponentially. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on all of us to deliver bigger and better all the time. Bigger, better, faster. And so I'm looking at what you have over there. What are what have we not talked about that you've got over there? What's what, oh, what's happening with your Thunderblade?
0: Thunderblade still cranking full speed ahead.
1: Still moving along. That's a great piece of machinery.
0: People love that product. I mean that, and the cost has come way down. And quite frankly, in addition to, I mean, it's it's the studios are buying. I mean, they're a number one customer for that product. I mean, it is used very widely in that. I say the whole, um, whether it be ingest, there's some production, but it is a way that they very quickly. Capture data, duplicate data, you know, move data around. I mean, nothing, nothing up there, in my opinion. No. You know, and maybe you have a different bit, but nothing, in my opinion, moves data, you know, like that better, faster, more efficiently. And you know, this year that Thunder Blade will go from eight terabytes up to sixteen terabytes. It'll come. You when? Know, <laughs> Not soon enough. It'll be later, but I mean, it's, it's you know, it is coming and it will come. And gosh, there was a big there's something huge in the Thunder. Oh. I was going to say, in addition to being great for uh, for meeting for ingest, you know, another you know real customer base is building for it, or you know normal home users, home business, you know folks that are buying these systems, you know it's an alternative to spending a lot of money for an internal SSD, which number one can't go anywhere. You know if you switch Macs or PCs, right. you know it's stuck in that machine. Yeah, you pay a lot of money potentially for something that's going to be limited to that just that machine. And you know, if something happens to that machine, for retail a year or two. In three years, it's out of warranty, and you if you pay for a four terabyte drive that's soldered inside that Mac. If it goes, I mean, it's there's nothing to recover; it's gone. Whereas as opposed to the Thunderblade, now you have storage that is just as fast as that internal storage that you're getting in these systems that you can easily the alias and use. You, you can even use it as your boot drive if you really want to. But Apple makes it has made that more and more difficult, unfortunately. But more importantly, you can put your photo, you can uh, offside your, uh, your photo libraries, you know, which I think is important for editing, video, whatever whatever data storage you need. you want to go a la SSD, you make it very easy to connect this externally to any Mac or PC. And then when you do want to move on to a new system, don't buy that again. You know, start all over. You just unplug it, move it on to the next machine, and, and your, all your data is right there, ready to go.
1: Yeah, I think 16 terabytes with a thunderblade is really good news. I like the portability of it. If you're going from the studio to the field and back again, you know, being able to to trust that you're going to get it from place to place safely, that's really important.
0: Oh, You can pretty much run that Thunder Blade over. I mean, you I, I should say you can run it over. I, mean, I wouldn't want to try, though, because I love it too much. We have, it doesn't, it, it takes yeah. it, I wouldn't, I, I mean... If accidents happen, the bottom line is definitely built to take a lot of abuse.
1: Isn't that the one you had at NAB where you had?
0: Oh, those are just yeah. our, those are just our elite pros. They landed on.
1: <laughs> that's a great machine too.
0: Absolutely, and you know we actually we were showing a video or our, our, our Envoy Pro EX, uh, one of the, uh, the racing team uses uh, EXs in the field to capture uh, well their, their racing footage, and they asked if they could destroy one, and we give them one just to, because they go out and they just beat the crap out of it, and they took it out into the track and they beat the the crap out of it. And they finally did bring it to a point where it wouldn't work anymore. They did a peel out on it and they just shredded the uh, the, the back of it. They, the connection point was toasted. But you know the best part was after all this abuse, when they finally got to a point where they plug it in and it would mount, the data inside was still fine. You know. <laughs> I mean, inside, I mean it's a I mean you pretty much have to put this into a, some sort of compact and you have to crush this thing. You know, a vehicle, a truck, you know, a car, you know, all those things. they can it can take all that. You know, semi can run over the damn thing. And, you know, what's inside is going to be protected. So even in the worst case, you know, after we got it, you know, we had to kind of crack the case. I mean, the case was pretty well jammed up good, but everything inside was safe. Wow. Data was safe inside. There's nothing they needed off of it. But we have to say, hey, here's post post off. You know, they, they did finally get that. They did bring that product to its end. But guess what? The data was still safe. Wow. And here we go. Plug it in and we're back online.
1: Well, OWC Radio lives on an Envoy Pro EX. Right on. And, uh, you know, we move it, obviously we move it onto the other the other RAIDs when we're not using it, but it lives, it travels with me all over the world. And that's what we record to. Uh, so everything for OWC Radio that's current is on Envoy Pro EX.
0: What it's built for. And yeah. our new USB-C Envoy Pro, you know, super high speed, yeah. waterproof, dustproof. I mean, these are things built for travel. Yeah. You know, we don't, you know, and I, I I can say this carefully, but, you know, we don't build things that, you know, that we call rugged and, and and you know, just because they look rugged. That aren't
1: really rugged.
0: Yes. We, we build products that are actually rugged. And that's, I mean, I, I think that's well, kind of important. And there's, you know, actually maybe two other products that I'll touch on because I know time is, time is running out, but two awesome products that are here, you know, our travel dock. which I mean, I, I've been talking, I've been raving about our travel dock since the very beginning. I mean, it's a you know, when you have everything else you need from us, I mean, this is the kind of get. When you're on the road, it really is priceless. I personally use now that I finally moved on to a Thunderbolt three machine. I've been using our travel dock, you know, literally around the world, and it's something that is rely. I mean, always. I mean, we test the crap out of everything. I mean, we know this stuff works. You know, the first time I had to use one, you know, in the in real world, not just you know, you know playing with it in, with someone else's computer, because I I can't held on to my Retina for a very long time, the 16 inch Apple, which has a few bugs in it. Yeah, it did uh, convince me that to move on. I, it's a, I hate the touch bar. I hate the touch bar. But you,
1: you do get used to it after a while. I didn't even like it at first, but you kind of do get used to
0: it. I know we were on a vacation, a little a couple days away over Christmas, and uh, I, you know, when my you know when everybody else is sleeping, I try to get some stuff done, and I keep you know my hands are big, so I I kept brushing, and you know Siri likes you know I turn Siri off. But they have a Siri key still, so you can touch it, and then you can actually touch it again and turn Siri back on.
1: Oh, no, and it's waking people up. <laughs> well,
0: all of a sudden, she's saying, hey, who would you like to FaceTime? Because somehow, you know, the FaceTime oh. button's over there, too. I know there's an app that I can, I gotta, I haven't, I, I will be putting that app on to take control of my touch bar.
1: You want to hear the most embarrassing Siri moment I've ever had? Go for it. In the middle of a huge room at NAB, Woz was giving a talk, and he's up on stage. And... I don't even know what triggered it. I had, my phone was on mute. All of a sudden in the middle of nowhere, Siri says, I'm sorry, I don't get that. And the (laughs) entire room burst into laughter. I mean, I thought I was gonna die. Siri comes out of nowhere sometimes. Apparently
0: she was listening.
1: She was listening, she didn't get it. And the travel doc, I love what you did with winding the cord underneath, that's really huge. For me, because it it I know we've had this discussion about sure. cords. I'm a little OCD with my cords, and I like that I can put it inside whatever I'm using to carry my computer, and it doesn't. I don't. I always worry about breaking the edge. I do sure. worry about that with the the little Envoy Pro because the cord sticks out, but um, it's very solid. You
0: say the new Envoy Pro, you know, the Type C has a, a connection.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So I got
0: nothing, no, no embedded cable. And yeah, actually I put the, to have the travel dock, having that little wrapper on under is.
1: It's wonderful. It's clean. It's just Yeah. But, you
0: know, if they get, to me, the most important thing was the first time that I had to use it on the road, you know, I went to play. So the display that was there is HDMI. Yeah. You know, there was a keyboard and the mouse waiting for me.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, everything plugged right in and everything just worked. It works awesome. And TechTica, of course, recently just called it 2019 Best Doc. Best travel uh, you know, best portable dock of you know, of 2019. Like I love the travel dock. I mean, it's one of these products. I mean, whether it's a low-end product or something, you know, way all the way up at the top. You know, we build things to be the best that they can. And you know, ours, they was really great seeing ours Technica, among other places, you know, call, but ours Technical specifically call that you know, the best portable dock of the year. And they said so because number one, it's you know, there's a lot of things that call us those docks that really are stupid hubs. And even the things that were docks, you know, the performance was much lower. And most of them, even though they, they should, because they call themselves a dock, don't have that power pass through. You know, we give you those ports, and we don't take away your port in terms of being able to still do the 100-watt charging right through it. Big stuff. And most importantly, it works, and so much stuff doesn't out there.
1: Yeah, when I was in D.C., um, there was an educator in the room who was very interested in the travel dock, and he was looking at a dock from another company. And, I, you know, I went, and I was looking at the specs, and yes, it had one more port or something sure. in it. I said, but you've got to check the power. You have to check the power and see what that thing does. And so we're working on, on answering those questions for him and he's going to find it doesn't even compare. It's less money for a reason. And the travel doc's not expensive.
0: No, it's, it's I think very reasonable. It is
1: very reasonable. So what else is over there on the table? Oh, talk about the importance of vGPU.
0: EGPU in terms of on the Mac platform, especially since we really don't have the option that the well video card the video chipsets in pretty much every Mac, with you know, a couple exceptions, are soldered. And even, well, I won't go back to th- There's ways we won't talk about what we can do with interval two Macs and EGPU. But <laughs> there's things you can Google out there anyway. <laughs> but on the newer Macs, I mean, you've got processors that are great. Really for the last couple of years. I mean, there's not a for most people, the processors even from a couple of years ago are fine. You know, you've got what you need to do the work. What you really need is, is the GPU technology, and eGPU now gives you the ability to continue and keep up with new GPU techno- new GP yeah, new G- G- GPU chipsets technology by just simply plugging in our chassis and, and a card. And another year from now, two years, three years from now, there's a GPU that does it better, faster, has a new codec, whatever it may be. You can pull that old card out, put a new one in, or better yet, you know certain applications like from Adobe support you know, multiple GPUs. So you could even potentially buy another chassis, you still have the horsepower that, that that GPU gives you and plug another one in. You don't have to replace the machine. You can you can have a great machine that's the, that serves a purpose for whatever any other sort a purpose for, quite frankly. Yeah. And then you crank on the eGPU and now you turn it into a real workstation. Yeah. And for a laptop, I mean, that means you have a laptop that is a great laptop for I, whether it be basic needs or high-end needs on the road. And you get back to the office, get back to the house, get back to the studio. You can plug into our dock, plug into our eGPU, and you, you built a workstation around you with just a couple of cables plugging in.
1: That's awesome. Now, the Mac Pro's been uh, actually very good to you because you have some memory that is really? wonderful for the Mac Pro. Can you talk about that a minute? Because I know that when I get mine, I'm going to get it to VC memory.
0: You know, it's fun when the uh, you know we were very early to release and support memory in the Mac Pro, and we had yeah, the benefit of you know, making sure our product worked you know before those Mac Pros were out there, and of course even ongoing, like everything we ship, all the memory we ship, we have those Mac Pro 2019s in house. They're a big investment, but we have you know a slug of those in house, and we test you know what we ship. We continue to test what we ship because we know the kind of customers they're going out to. You know, it's not a, it's you know it's not a matter in terms of you know. Being worried about the quality of the product it's just simply a matter of there's lots of programming you know, details that make it correct for that platform and it's not worth the risk i mean it's just a double check triple check you know some people are spending literally twenty thousand dollars to upgrade those mac pros just with the memory and it's going to be perfect You get it from owc and you know what's fun is one of the sites that uh, they covered us and they covered they cover some place I'd never heard of before selling Mac memory. And quite frankly, we shouldn't have heard of them selling Mac memory because I know a lot of that stuff I'm already reading out there that it's going back. It doesn't work. You can't, you know, you really shouldn't be in the space if you don't have the Macs and have the experience with the systems. Right. And, you know, it's some people it's just specs. It's all, everything's same. Memory is, you know, the, the same memory description, you know, doesn't mean that it's the same memory. And, you know, whether whoever you buy from me, you definitely want to buy it from somebody who is, Knows this platform, knows Mac, heck, knows PC. I mean, knows memory in general. Because just because you can offer you know something with it, with what looks like the right the right specification doesn't mean it's going to work right in your system. Right. And okay. these things cost too much to to take those
1: chances. So no, and you want them to work, and you want them, when you want them to be reliable, you want to be able to trust them. So you're getting more and more into the PC space, right? A little bit. Well, we've always
0: supported the PC space, and now we're really trying to make a push. I mean, quite frankly, there's, you know, it, it's 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 good for our Mac customers that you know we have more of these units out there, and just it, it, the more people that can benefit from a product, the better. You know, we know if maybe to bring some people over from PC over to the Mac. Unfortunately, I know that there's been people moving from Mac to PC, and I do hope the 2019 Mac Pro helps stave that.
1: I think it will. I think it will. But a lot of the gamers are still using PCs,
0: and the gamers don't want a machine that they can't do anything to.
1: Well, I think that a lot of the solutions that you're offering are going to bring some of those ga- gamers back to Mac, don't you think? It helps. Yeah.
0: I mean, the GPU, what you can do with an eGPU, yeah. You know, the, the benefits to gaming there are, are tremendous. Absolutely. So, and 1052 has you know, opened up to you know some to some really good video cards. So I would absolutely agree with you that the, the future is certainly brighter.
1: Well, in your foray into when you purchased Akkio, that's going to help with all of that too, right? Yeah,
0: they have a, a pretty good. They already had a pretty good gamer following. So and the product, I mean that's yes, a, you know we're doing on EGPU, but you now with the Kideo and you know, the little broader lineup, i mean a focus there, you know yeah we're we're bringing out some pretty hot stuff, you know, I don't get into the big the, the gaming space all that much, but I do know our our node that titan is is it's hot stuff for gaming, and it's hot stuff with your mac user or a PC user,
1: yeah. Yeah. cool
0: thing is again a lot of those games very gpu dependent the processor is processor just affects it a lot does does is important but you can put a, a the mac mini has a great processor it just doesn't have a gpu to speak of but you plug in the the titan with the gpu it's now a gaming it's now a gamer station and you do that with a nook you can do that with even some of the really you know relatively light uh, you know notebooks so especially if you're a college student you, know, you can have a laptop that doesn't have a lot of horsepower for you know, that extracurricular, and then you get back to the door and just plug in one cable and now it's a gaming unit.
1: That's awesome.
0: Parents can buy a nice laptop and then you just got to buy the, buy the nodes so that you can, you can still do your games.
1: Well, if you're a developer working in the game space, it's, you know, you've got some stuff now that are going to, that's going to be attractive to those people too. Yeah, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you, Larry, and I'm thinking about you at 14 and 15, and it's starting your company. And I'm wondering how on earth you're managing all of this. There's so many products over such a wide space now. How many engineers do you have? Because you can't do everything yourself. So no, you're yeah, running a, a huge company worldwide now. You've got the new offices in, in Belgium, right?
0: In Belgium, Taipei, and Guangdong. And of course, you know Woodstock we also have software teams in, uh, in Des Moines, uh, West Des Moines, uh, Iowa, and of course, Mill Valley. California, it's you know, honestly, we have really good people. I mean, we're it's it's an exceptional team that works, you know, very well together. And most importantly, as a culture, we all have you know the same goals, which is to put out the absolute best, whether it be hardware, software, you know, the best solution, period. You know, I'd like our products to be boring in the sense that it's something that it's really exciting in terms of the needs that it fills, but once you have that need filled, because you've plugged in that OWC device, you know, done that OWC upgrade. You forget about it because it just it's it's working. There's nothing there to remind you that you know it's you're using it. Because ultimately, we're there to make sure that you can do what you need to be doing and want to do best without having the. You you should have to use very little or zero, how do I say, of your own capability, your own. Keep this wrong word. Your own, how do I say, bandwidth, you know, on this hardware. You know, but that 100% all capability, all bandwidth towards the projects you're working on, you know, the, you know, the uh, productivity that you, know, you need to see completed in, or tell the games that are <laughs> the games that had uh, I say that, you know, that that give you some downtime and
1: yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple of questions about advice you can give to people what are you what are you advising people to do who are moving from Thunderbolt 2 if they have a whole studio based on Thunderbolt mm-hmm. 2 and they want to move to Thunderbolt 3 can you give them some advice about what they can do to make that transition work in terms of what you guys have or or what you think they should do Is this- Supposed to retire those machines and move to the new ones.
0: <laughs> well, first off, I don't. I mean, unless you have a need, I mean, I, it's it's really hard to say do it. I mean, if, if you're getting a benefit from the Thunderbolt three, or you need the performance, you can benefit. Then sure. And the nice thing, I mean, that's if you're especially, they you have a, a good slug of OWC hardware. You know, our products. You know, you look at the Thunder Bay Four, for example. Thunder Bay Four. You know, we have Thunderbolt Three version and a Thunderbolt Two version. And moving on to Thunderbolt Three, you can buy Thunder. You can buy a Thunderbolt Three version of that hardware. The drives are in your Thunder in your, your current Thunderbolt Two system. Slide them out. Put them into the, uh, the the Thunderbolt Three unit, and you're online without any downtime. You have full data transfer. For some of the the lower speed products, I say lower speed things that aren't pushing the limits of Thunderbolt Two. Which would have if you went to a Thunderbolt three. I mean, if you have a Thunder Bay four with Thunderbolt three. I'm oh, sorry, Thunderbolt two. This is getting all wordy, but a lot of things, a lot, especially hard drives in general, you really don't get a benefit from going from Thunderbolt two to Thunderbolt three. You know, in a chassis. I remember when the Thunderbolt three products came out, and you know, we didn't go down this path. But it was really annoying to see certain competitors advertising you know, Thunderbolt three. You know, twice as fast as Thunderbolt two. It is. I mean, that's that, that's true, but the solutions that they were providing Thunderbolt 3 on didn't go any faster than they did when they versus their Thunderbolt 2 version. So, folks that thought they're going to be, instead of spending $50 on that Apple Thunderbolt 2 to 3 adapter, thought they're going to get this giant performance boost by buying a brand new solution were very disappointed. You now, we're really, I mean, OWC is an organization focused on the sustainability and longevity of, of, of everything. And you know we don't ask people to buy things just because we have something new. I right. mean, if you're making a purchase, it should be because it, it's gonna give you a benefit. And we're happy, and that's the thing, you get lifetime free tech support with us. If you have a question, if you're moving on the Thunderbolt 3, you know our team is there to help support You know moving it over. And the easiest thing to do really is to get, I mean, that little, that wonderful Apple, uh, say wonderful, it's the current version, the wonderful Apple uh, Thunderbolt 2, to Thunderbolt 3 adapter.
1: Yeah, it's moving from 3 to 2. If you've got male-to-male, that's really almost impossible. That's a whole no. other discussion. Oh, no, 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 that's not that
0: true. Because it, you, it's um, one of this, it's got, the, it's got a, a male Thunderbolt uh, uh, 3 adapter uh, connection. On the other side, it's a Thunderbolt 2 uh, female. So you, you just plug in your Thunderbolt 2 cable into it.
1: But if you have a Thunderbolt 3 male, yeah. a unit that only works Thunderbolt 3 male, and you need to go to Thunderbolt 2... But the it own, doesn't downgrade but the only this is, sub- this is off the subject a little bit,
0: no but we should talk about that the, because you know this came up today and i actually went back and forth and, and and got this the only products that you're facing that with for the most
1: part is the envoy pro It was like
0: an envoy pro yeah that's- but that's a bus powered device mm-hmm. you cannot use a bus powered it doesn't matter whose you can't use any bus powered type c product you know even if it had its own cable you could plug a different cable in you cannot, you cannot use a bus-powered USB Type-C device with an, a Thunderbolt 2 adapter. The solution is to have a Thunderbolt, if you need it, you want to use an Envoy Pro EX and a Thunderbolt 2 machine, now we're going the other way. You're not talking about somebody moving their studio from... Exactly. Now we're saying they, they have a mixed environment, they want to be the use the Envoy Pro, they want to be able to get data onto a Thunderbolt 2 machine. The solution is to have the Apple adapter have something like a Thunderbolt, uh, a Thunderbolt 3, or, or, or Thunder, use our Thunderbolt, you, know, you can use a Thunderbolt 3 dock, you know, via that adapter. You know, use something that is AC power, that gets its power, you know, you know from its own source, because now you, you can, in that device, plug in a bus power Thunderbolt 3 units. Thunderbolt 3 requires five more watts than uh, Thunderbolt 2 does. And on top of that, the adapter doesn't pass power. The Apple adapter uses, uses that bus power to support itself. So the, the simple solution for in that particular case is you know have another do have a Thunderbolt three solution that has its own power because any Daisy chain port on that now provides the full Thunderbolt three spec and you can use bus power. Thunderbolt three devices thus through that
1: device. That's awesome. A lot of people have been asking me about that.
0: Yeah, that's I'd be a surprise.
1: It's becoming a problem. Your sure. new Pro Dock.
0: The, the Mercury Elite Pro Dock. Oh,
1: the ten gig Oh, we the Pro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and you you have ports on the back that have different power levels. Can you talk about what those are for? I'm really geeking out on you right now, but I...
0: On the PC side, this is pretty standard. You have one port is 15 watt. The other port provides, you know, actual full PD power delivery. Mm -hmm. One goes to the, is there to go to a laptop and provides higher power. And the other is just a daisy chain port. Okay. You know, docks. Intel really didn't, manage and didn't have the same control to get mass deployment to the PC world, you end up with a bunch of guys that don't, Apple always is updating firmware, doing EFI updates, you know, making yeah. changes every time they do an OS update. Yeah. Pretty much nobody else does that. And the first machines that came to the market with Thunderbolt 3 were PCs, not Macs. Right. And those first units couldn't handle, uh, how do I say, negotiating power without having a dedicated power port. So in order to be certified for Mac and Windows, you know, fortunately, because there's like, now it's like, it is like the first machines that nobody even cares about, but there are some machines out there, they can't do it. So you have to specify the, uh, yeah, there has to be a specified port for the host. So that's all that that means. Yeah, Mercury Leap Pro Dock, which we're working on a new name for, you know, it's a follow up to our Leap Pro uh, dual drive solution for Thunderbolt 2. So it gives you the same dual drive RAID capability, you know, plug and play, awesome. Now up to 32 terabytes of storage. But it also gives you seven dock ports, it gives you USB ports, it gives you it gives you uh, Ethernet, it gives you a media reader, it gives you pretty much every. Oh, I'm sorry, and it gives you video. So it gives you everything that a normal for you know for, a, a, for pretty much any setup. I mean, the the ports that most people need all in one place with that storage. So especially for creatives that are using OneDrive for Project and want something where they can plug into their laptop and replace all those ports that Apple doesn't give you without having to. You know, pull out another device, another dock. This is the, the one drive that does it all. And for a price point, we kept it pretty much right where the original uh, Thunderbolt 2 version was It wow. didn't have any of these ports. So I use one myself. I'm, I'm super excited about this product. And I, it's on my desk, you know, I say back at OWC, you know, I did it with hard drives, I made with SSDs, but I even, you know, I, just for grins, I cloned my system over there to prove you can boot, you know, on 10, uh, even on 1015 to, uh, off a clone, and I say via Thunderbolt. Very slow off hard drives compared to SSD, but nonetheless, it's even though Apple has made things difficult, it's still very very doable. But it's an awesome product when you need you want storage backup. You know, you can use it for both obviously backup and for additional storage, and we get one cable that charges your laptop, plus gives you all those ports that you need. So I walk into the office, I plug my laptop in with that one cable. It's got my I have a Dell 4K connected up to it. I've got my keyboard, my mouse rolling through it. I've got, I do actually have another, I use some of the ports off, you know, the Dell conveniently gives you some more USB ports, and, but video, you know, might, might do have a hard line connection. I mean, it, 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 it is the thing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And it's fast. This is an amazing lineup. Amazing lineup.
0: We're just scratching the surface.
1: Yeah, well, I wish you good luck with all of it. Thanks for taking the time to do this, and we're going to talk to you more often. This is OWC Radio. We need to get just, you uh,
0: Just call me up anytime. It, literally anytime. We should be, yeah. be happy to do this. I'm happy to do this. I mean, it's just, this is it's always fun.
1: Yeah. I want to thank OWC for sponsoring OWC Radio. And for those listening, go to OWC.com and check it out. So if you have any questions, call up customer service and you're gonna get really good customer service from OWC.
0: So they use the products, they know yeah. the products.
1: Yeah, they do. It's they not do. a script,
0: they don't read from a script.
1: Absolutely. And I've been using the products. I can't even tell you how many years. So I can attest to that personally. Thanks again, Larry. Have a wonderful CES, and we'll talk to you again in probably about a month, I would say.
0: Sounds okay. great, Shereen, and thank, thank you, you let me sincerely. Thanks for everything, everything you do, and that, let's, let's keep this cranking.